Hey, in this episode, I speak with my friend, Wayne Jett. We haven't spoken in a while, um, and we get really close to touching third rails and deplatforming material, you know, just discussing the global cabal and their 100-year plan. Thank you for listening. I had fun and hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Bankwood Live podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery, and I'm as excited as I can be to have our friend Wayne Jett on with us again today. It's been a while since he's been a guest. If you're not familiar with him, I encourage you to find out who he is and why it matters to you, and uh, you'll have that opportunity. Um, Wayne is a is an, a, a, an attorney by education. He's an engineer by education, and he's also... Uh, an economist, really, by education and experience. He's an author, a speaker. We're going to talk about, and we have in the past, talked about his book, The Fruits of Graph, The Great Depressions Then and Now, and uh, kind of do a post-log uh, conversation. And as always, uh, the guest that I try to get on this uh, podcast, it's unscripted, it's conversational. He knows the topics that we're going to cover. He's an expert in his areas. So, um, Wayne, thank you very much for coming on again. How have you been, sir? I'm delighted to be back with you, James. Uh, it's great talking with you and uh, been well. Thank you. And uh, looking forward to uh, even better days ahead. Oh, me too. I'm the uh, eternal optimist, but uh, grounded in reality. <laughs> and uh, it's almost unreal what's going on currently. And, and I'm of the belief that if you don't know the beginnings and the origins, you really can't know the end result, or I'll, I'll just leave it at that. And in your book, The Fruits of Graph, you really tell the truth um, and, and really just display the truth and document the truth of what really went on in the Great Depression. And it is the exact opposite of what we're taught in uh, classical education in America today. Um, and I kind of want to revisit that, you know, if you would, if you don't mind, um, going back to uh, the beginning of uh, what's really a continuation of what's going on today. Is that... Well, that, that sounds great sense? to me. Uh, let me just uh, say that uh, so much of... Uh, I'm, I'm just amazed and astonished uh, that... Uh, really, as soon after my book came out, it came out in 2011, which seemed like uh, kind of a long time ago. But uh, the idea that we would have a remarkable change of uh, circumstances in the United States of America within a short of time after that uh, is almost beyond. I mean, certainly it was beyond my expectations when when my book uh, was published. Um, but uh, it, it simply brings to mind, putting it in some historical context, uh, 1880 was a, uh, uh, an important year historically. Uh, it's, that's reported in my book, but uh, just to kind of call it to mind again, a uh, couple of things are relevant uh, from 1880. One is that uh, the Republican Convention uh, was held in Chicago and it nominated uh, as a Republican candidate, a surprise candidate, uh, the the favorites, Grant and and others were uh, uh, were not chosen. The bloom was off the rose, and they chose uh, James Garfield in a runaway convention. And uh, uh, 
that was such a shock to the system that uh, within a few months, I think three months or so after he was inaugurated, he was uh, shot uh, while unarmed and unprotected at a railroad station catching a train uh, by a so-called uh, uh, psychological case as they presented it. But it was, again, an assassination because Garfield uh, was one honest enough saying that uh, in his inaugural speech that he rewrote uh, just before giving it, saying that he intended to redo the financial uh, arrangements of the United States of America. Uh, and uh, we're only now learning, including myself, uh, of some of those financial arrangements that uh, have not been made clear by our historians. And so uh, uh, that's one reason for going back to 1880. Uh, the other is that uh, the same year, or actually the first edition, I think it was self-published in 1879 of the book, Progress and Poverty, uh, which is still the best-selling uh, book uh, on economic matters uh, ever written. Uh, it sold uh, 2 million copies between 1880 and 1900, thereabouts, uh, which is uh, by far the, the largest circulation and greatly respected um, book by Henry George. Uh, now, why are those things uh, interconnected? Well, in that book by Henry George, Progress and Poverty, he winds up uh, after going through all the reasons that there are so many poor people right next to the people who are the richest in the country, which had been rubbed into his face when he visited New York City and saw Wall Street right next to the slums. And uh, so he, he wrote this book to explain how that could come about, how it could possibly be, uh, why it happens. And uh, he went through and explained, uh, you know, like uh, four, five, six, half a dozen uh, different things that have been asserted as the, the uh, economic truths that were simply false and uh, explains all those things. And then uh, uh, right at the, almost the end of his book, his last chapter, a few pages from the end, he puts in one paragraph and says, uh, in every nation of the world, there is a powerful pecuniary force that writes laws and molds thoughts of every nation. Uh, now, that is as close to saying in a few words as it can possibly get to describing exactly what we're confronting now, in my estimation. And, uh, and yet he said it in a way that was almost hidden from view, you might say. I, he just had to get it in in order to make his book complete and to warn what the problem is. Uh, a powerful pecuniary force, a financial force so powerful that it writes laws and molds thinking of people in every nation of the world. Uh, so there's your warning, uh, our alert. And uh, his book was so well-received, and he became such a celebrated person, so well-respected. 
He moved to New York from California, where he was a small newspaper man, and he had actually just he he went bankrupt just before he published his book. His newspaper went bankrupt because we were through going through the longest depression at that time the country had ever had, and it was caused by an act of Congress, which uh, uh, caused a tremendous deflation of the dollar. In other words, the dollar getting more valuable during the 1870s because of a law passed by Congress that revalued it back to the pre-war Civil War days, made it more valuable. And so therefore, everyone selling anything had to reduce their prices in order to sell it because each dollar uh, was more valuable. That was a monetary event created by an act of Congress, uh, I'm sure, knowingly on purpose. and. Uh, it put many, many businesses out of business. Uh, uh, and uh, one of them was Henry George's little newspaper. But uh, he was so famous, he went back and uh, he, he wound up being uh, persuaded. He was so well respected and so well known. He was urged by the uh, AFL American Federation of Labor to run for the mayor of New York City because it uh, was such an important bastion of power. And uh, anyway, uh, he was cheated out of that election and uh, uh, finally persuaded again in 1888. Uh, I'm sorry, 1898 to run again. And uh, it looked like he was on the verge of winning the mayorship at that time. And he was uh, 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 assassinated. And so uh, there we are. We got that message, though. And uh, in that circumstance, right shortly after Henry George's death, when we have yet another American president assassinated shortly after he was reelected, McKinley, I believe it was McKinley uh, in uh, um, 1901 who was shot upon his re-election and Theodore Roosevelt being his vice president uh, assumed the, uh, the White House. Um, again, that was a circumstance in which someone who was not of the uh, under control of the worldwide cabal that controls all nations and writes all those laws and most thoughts. Um, certainly, Henry George did not exclude the United States of America from every nation of the world in which that circumstance exists. He was actually making the point that, uh, yes, indeed, the U.S. was subject to that same global power. And uh, you run that right on through uh, not only Theodore Roosevelt, uh, by the way, who is on Mount Rushmore? still celebrated, uh, just as uh, the other Roosevelt, Franklin Roosevelt, is celebrated as well. Great American president and uh, uh, also documented to be, and I think shown to be in my book, uh, to be the uh, highest and most trusted operative of the global cabal ever. Uh, he was given such leeway because he was such a good liar 
so persuasive with the president and with the uh, people, uh, and yet uh, doing things that uh, would be almost unheard of if he were not so slick in the way he presented it and, and kept uh, his activities secret. Uh, but uh, I spell them out in my book. Uh, one of the things that just jumps out at you uh, uh, that's so malevolent, uh, you're talking about a circumstance, the 1930s. Remember, Roosevelt was elected and uh, uh, became president in 1933 in March. Uh, immediately said that everyone has to uh, issue an order that every American had to turn in their gold coins uh, and uh, accept paper currency in, in, uh, uh, in exchange. Um, as soon as he got those uh, gold coins in, he then raised the price of the coins, that is, devalued the dollars. Uh, uh, so significantly that uh, all the people who had been run out of the market and had to close their factories or their businesses and uh, get whatever cash they could as a, a liquidated type of asset and put it in a gold. They had to hold that two or three years until Roosevelt got in. And then he takes it all at $20.67 an ounce. And then within a year later, makes the dollars they got uh, worth, worth about 40% less. So not only did they uh, maintain the purchasing power, they even lost more when he made the devaluation after he had already taken the gold. And he puts all of the profit from that operation into a secret fund that exists to this day that does not have to answer to Congress or to any politician as to how it's used. It's the secret fund that's called the Exchange uh, Protection Fund or something of the sort. Exchange Stabilization Fund. Right. Uh, so uh, in that circumstance, uh, you can see uh, certainly beyond any doubt uh, that global cabal was well in charge of the United States and its operative Franklin Roosevelt uh, all during the Great Depression. Uh, let me tell you what he did next. Uh, still to this day, there's not an economist that has told the truth about uh, what uh, uh, Roosevelt did that would have jumped right through the screen at you uh, or through the radio at you in those days uh, if people had just known about it. He immediately began using treasury money uh, to buy gold secretly on the open market. He bought it in prodigious amounts uh, starting in 1933, and it uh, went all the way through 1940. Uh, as of 1930, the United States in all of its history, and its history was very prosperous up to 1930, 1929, uh, and the, basically the Treasury had accumulated gold on the basis that we were selling more abroad than we were buying abroad. And so when we sold exports, the, uh, the cash that comes in comes in as gold from the other countries. Uh, and that's how the Treasury gets built up. We had uh, over uh, 6,000 metric tons at that time. Well, um, uh, in the... 
uh, eight years, 1933 through 1940, Roosevelt was secretly using money from the economy to buy gold. And he bought uh, uh, more than twice as much gold during those eight years as we had accumulated in our entire history up to that time. Uh, he bought uh, over 13,180 metric tons of gold. Uh, that is a lot of money when he's taking it out of the mouths of families that are trying to feed their children and unsuccessfully doing so, so that we had three to six million at least Americans die of starvation during those eight years. Uh, that uh, was no less than very purposeful. And uh, it shows you what the objectives are, in my mind, objectives are of the global cabal in terms of its subjugation of the people and the destruction and killing of as many people as possible whenever they can do it, whenever they can come up with a scheme for it. Now, one thing I uh, didn't get to to mention about that 1901 situation is there was another little book that came out at that time. Um, a man, in fact, was celebrated in the White House of Theodore Roosevelt uh, with a, uh, uh, a reception, large reception in his honor. H.G. Uh, Wells, a British guy, supposedly a commoner, but had written a little book uh, that still to this day, almost nobody has ever heard of. Um, but uh, they heard about it then. When he came to the reception, he was on the arm of, uh, or she was on his arm, of Margaret Sanger, uh, the uh, woman who was uh, the one who established Planned Parenthood and was such a champion of aborting as many babies as possible. Uh, clearly, what uh, uh, the additional hallmarks of the global cabal that wants to uh, destroy as much human population as possible. Uh, so, uh, that little book of 1901, uh, that little uh, book of 1901 called Anticipations, uh, basically spelled out that the uh, ruling elite, the global cabal, was very concerned about the prosperity of the middle class and what they call the great gray mass of democracy. And uh, he spelled out in so many words that uh, the ruling cabal, the ruling families of the world had de decided in no uncertain terms that um, the middle class had to be wiped out entirely, completely, eliminated from the earth. Uh, or else they would become so powerful that the ruling families would never really be able to get control back again. And so their plan that he laid out, the H.G. Wells book, talked in great detail about the, not only what the problem was, but also how they would solve it, how they would eliminate people, uh, eliminate all of those in the middle class uh, in such ways as they could determine uh, but one of the goals that he laid out as uh, being clearly the goal of the global cabal was by the year 2000 to learn how to poison 
all the people of the abyss, they call them, uh, that were not needed in the world, not needed or not wanted. There would be wars, there would be famines, there would be uh, things of that nature to wipe out the people of color, the people of dirty skin, whites included, but also blacks and browns and red skins and so forth and yellow skins. Uh, all of those were to be wiped out until they had only the number of people left that they desired to have as their servants. Uh, so uh, you have to come to terms with what it means to have a man writing that kind of uh, message brought into the White House of the United States of America and celebrated as being a hero for announcing these things and giving us the pattern, or at least communicating these things on behalf of the ruling families so that they could be clearly understood and that everyone on the team could pursue the same goals. Uh, that was what was done. Uh, we have never been told this by our so-called academics. We've never been told by our politicians these things. Uh, we have been misled in those uh, important respects. And so there's been a lot of catching up to do. But uh, frankly, uh, a lot has been going on apart from my book. But uh, I, I could hardly believe that they were coming to fruition so soon after. It seemed like a, a long time between uh, 2011 when my book uh, first came out and uh, 2016, 2015. But my goodness, my ears certainly got the points on them when the man came down the es escalator and uh, uh, seemed to be of a, a persuasion that something needed to be done differently in order to get uh, the uh, uh, the ruling elite off our necks. And so um, that's where we are now. I think we're still in that process. Uh, there are many aspects of that that uh, relate to personal planning and, and uh, how you conduct your affairs. Certainly there is these days uh, in the United States as to how families can... Uh, prosper and stay together and uh, um, uh, survive as well as do well, uh, that uh, is certainly still in all of our aims and vernacular, but it's a challenge. Uh, uh, it may seem like it's a lot harder today, but to tell you the truth, there are some great advantages in knowing uh, who your enemy is and what's going on and therefore how, how better to plan uh, for your future outlook and well-being. So uh, that's a large part of what uh, is before us today. Uh, you know, I agree completely. And if I, of course, I, I pride myself on being a student of history, but if I were to hear this kind of information just for the first time today, if I were to read your book for the first time today, I would be shocked and it would be uh, 
it would potentially cause a, a conflict within myself to co- coming to grasp with what's really going on. And if these things were written about, you know, 140 years ago, um, and then 120 years ago, and we kind of, you know, we in this conversation, you know, we jumped from really about 1901 ish to 1933. But, you know, Teddy Roosevelt comes in with the Bull Moose Party in about 1908, 1910, splits the ticket so Woodward Wilson could become elected. And then, you know, 1913, the Federal Reserve Act, 1914, you know, the first Great War starts and all of that was completely planned. Um, and, and I'm just, it can be overwhelming, right? But knowing knowledge, I think, is, uh, is part of the solution. If you know your enemy, if you know what's going on, I believe completely like you just mentioned that you're better suited to make better decisions for yourself and for your family. And if you don't, who will, right? If you don't, if you don't uh, educate yourself, open your eyes, pay attention, then who, who is going to take care of you and your family? That, that is uh, uh, so right on. Uh, and one of the things that is most basic is something that still escapes many bright Americans who insist that the Federal Reserve is a is a uh, uh, an agency of the United States government. It is most certainly not. It has never been. It is a private bank controlled primarily by the Rothschild family and allied families, the cabal. They own it as a private bank. They own stock in it. They conduct that business as the most profitable banking business in the world because they issue the paper that becomes the monetary uh, unit of the United States of America and the world. Uh, So uh, please get those things in mind and and, uh, take into account the things that I've been trying to say before and after my book came out. I've been writing the Federal Reserve needs to be extinguished from the earth at the earliest possible date. Uh, we have been the subject of those families, uh, more so than Russia was willing to be in the early 1900s. They said no when the United States said yes to that Rothschild Bank. Uh, and uh, as a result, they were invaded back in 1917 in much the way that the United States has been invaded now. Uh, with uh, with violence financed by Western Rothschild-controlled banks uh, put in there and uh, made to become under the thumb of the communists. They were a Christian nation just like the United States. They still are today, despite the 70 million people or more they lost, uh, murdered uh, by those who were su- uh, subjugating them. Uh, they made it through and finally threw them out. I completely agree. I agree with Alexander Solzhenitsyn, too, that it was not uh, a uh, Russian revolution. It was a Bolshevik revolution. And it's exactly what's going on today. You can change the names, but it's exactly what's going on today. Right before our eyes, it's like a slow motion train wreck. And, you know, I, I would just... Uh, encourage my fellow Americans to shake themselves awake. Wake up. Wake up. I think many are. Uh, Thank goodness for that. And uh, I hope we're doing a little bit of good to 
provide a little information to help the wake up uh, and to help the response uh, to guide it. Uh, I think, uh, I think, believe it or not, we have uh, better days ahead. I'm still hopeful in that regard. We've got to make it that way. Uh, 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 after all, let's not go into the situation of taking 70 years like uh, the Russians were forced to do. And unfortunately, um, our government probably had some to do with making it as long as it was for the Russian people to get out from under the thumb of, of uh, so-called communism, uh, which is basically the force exerted by the ruling families. Uh, I think there's uh, some evidence to indicate uh, that uh, the ruling families have been deposed or are being deposed. And uh, so let's look for a, a, a good turn of events. I'm looking for that. Um, that's a little murky to see it right at this point, but uh, I believe it's coming about. And uh, I'm looking forward to that day. I'd uh, certainly be one of the ones celebrating among many if, uh, if it turns out to be the case. Well, I hope that I hope that is the case. I hope it turns out that 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 is true, and I would celebrate with you. Between now and then, um, I think the all American average individual and family needs to be aware of what's going on and take action. Take action. What is in your best interest? What is what do you need to do for yourself and your family and your future prodigy? And in every situation is different, but you need to have control of your capital. You know, you need to be prepared for hardships, whether that's, you know, uh, whatever it is, water, food, uh, precious metals. And there's more than two gold, silver, lead and the uh, distribution uh, method or system. Um, here, here. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Right. Um, well, perfect, Wayne. It sounds to me like you've got a lot of work ahead of you, and I know you're already very busy. But you know, maybe the uh, maybe there's another book in, in the works, or you know, a compil uh, a, a, compu uh, a, a compilation of uh, maybe the works that you've done since you printed your book. Um, well, I, I'm not looking to do another book. To tell you the truth. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to uh, help getting. Uh, I think there's so much groundwork to do in uh, removing the debris in people's minds of the lies we've been told for so many years, and not just by the media, but by our historians, our universities. Uh, I, I couldn't be more disappointed in many respects to see the kind of thing still coming out of our economists uh, uh, and uh, teachers of various kind embracing these kind of radical ideas that uh, are as cabalist as they can possibly be. Uh, they are, they are uh, not just a, uh, a complete affront to the Constitution and the human rights that were uh, documented in our Constitution. Uh, it's an outrage that uh, the, the country that is built on these principles, declared principles, uh, has had so many people near the top uh, untrue to them. And so uh, let's stay at it and see if we can uh, come to a better place. I'm thinking that we're going to be, and in the relative near future, uh, doing all I can to cheer it on at least. And uh, in the meantime, I would certainly be happy for anyone to... Uh, make themselves familiar with my book. Uh, it's still uh, only $28. Uh, 
if you get it uh, from my website, it's much uh, more expensive on Amazon where I do not sell any longer. I haven't for some time. Uh, and uh, uh, $28 free shipping within the United States. Those in other countries uh, need to uh, be sure to get the right tab for their countries in order to assist me on the postage in regard to their shipping. Uh, but uh, in any event, uh, there are a lot of things to find out about what our parents and grandparents went through. Uh, they had their livelihoods taken from them and their prosperity taken from them uh, and were made impoverished uh, by a government leadership intent on that objective of making them that, that situation and starving as many as possible to death. Uh, I'm sure Roosevelt was quite satisfied with that result, and he didn't even get charged with it uh, the way Stalin was. Uh, so uh, there we are. Thank you for having me, James, and uh, delighted to be with your audience and always uh, glad to hear from you anytime. Well, thank you very much, Wayne. The uh, You can purchase, uh, we'll, we'll have a link here to your website where you can purchase a book. It's a well-constructed book. I mean, this is a book that will last you know, well into the future. If you're a reader and you enjoy books, this is the type of book that you'd want to own. Um, and, and I'm jumping smooth over the content. There's so many things in that content that you won't hear. You've never heard anywhere else. Um, and so it's well worth the read. So thank including you. Very all the, including all of the uh, <laughs> fraud in our stock markets and, uh, <laughs> oh and things of that sort, uh, the naked short selling and, and the contrived uh, tech crash. Uh, that was a, a, a doing of the Federal Reserve, along with, uh, uh, of course, the financial houses of Wall Street, as was uh, 2008. All of those contrived, and I uh, explained them, I think, in uh, better detail than you can find elsewhere. Thanks yeah, there, for having me, James. You're welcome. Thank you, Wayne. Have a good day. I appreciate you. Okay? Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.